welcome to the newest episode of A Novel Evening. My name is Danny. You can find me over on Instagram as at Blotted Ink Books. And for this week's episode, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend uh, that was formerly at Dan the Man 1504, but he's had a rebranding uh, with a, a pretty sexy new logo. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And his new handle is at Aries Biblio. Uh, a little nod to Greek mythology there, and of course his love of books. Uh, if you are not following Dan, um, firstly, he's pretty well known in the bookstagram world um, for his gorgeous flat lays. He's got a real signature look to his flat lays, and he only posts positive reviews, um, which, you know, for a pretty miserable bitch like myself, is quite refreshing. Um Honestly, you need to go and check him out. He's a bookseller. He knows his stuff. He's also hobnobbing with all of the writers I want to be friends with. Um, And it's because he's a really nice guy. So if you're not following him, go and check him out and have a little listen to his novel evening. So a huge hello to Dan. Hello. Hello. Good evening. How are we? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm not bad, thank you. Um, nice restful day off. I've started a new book, which you guys will hear about later on, but don't want to give too much away at the moment. Mm, exciting. And I see you've got a glass of something that looked quite tasty that you were, you were enjoying this evening. Well, it's actually, um, it is alcohol-free gin this evening. Ooh. So yes, um, it is, I won't say the name, I don't want to get um, anyone in trouble, but it's a very well-known brand, but it's very nice. It's, it's very enjoyable. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad so. The first thing that I know about you is that you are a bookseller. Correct. Um, I've been a bookseller for three and a half years now, and that's gone incredibly quick. And it is, I would definitely say it's the best job I've ever had, for sure. It's not, I'm not just saying it's because, you know, you lovely bookish people are listening, but it's the most rewarding. It's probably one of the hardest I've ever had, but it's definitely the most rewarding as well. And you're becoming quite well known in writer circles as as a bookseller. I spy you with quite a few of the authors I love. Uh, how did you get into Bookstagram? How did it kind of start? So I started my Instagram account um, a few years ago. Like everyone always does, you just kind of start one um, just because you want to be on more social media. Um, and at first I didn't really do anything with my Instagram. And then it really kind of took off when I, I worked the Cheltenham Literature Festival um, three years ago this October and I was able to meet Stacey Halls, who is the author of The Familiars, The Foundling and Mrs England. And she is an inc- she's an incredible author. And um, I'd only been with Waterstones for about, I think about nearly a year by that point. And I was still not very kind of privy to the world of um, proofs and reading copies and you know like early access to things I I was literally still finding my feet um as a bookseller and then I was talking to um Stacey's publicist and she said oh you know we can send you this is when she just bought the familiar item paperback so it was when the foundling proofs were being done and I said oh we can send you a foundling proof and I was just like really and she said well yes because you're a Waterstones bookseller a lot of publishers want our input really early as possible so we can kind of you know get the hype going we can kind of build it all up so it kind of it kind of started in a small way then but then it really kicked off when unfortunately when covid hit and everyone went into lockdown and i really took it upon myself to kind of fill my days to keep feel kind of like i still had a purpose every day because i was furloughed from work like all my other booksellers i just thought 
I need something to A, occupy my time, but B, something worthwhile rather than just kind of watching TV all day. Um, you know, not, no, no offense to anyone who does that, but not me. Um, and it all kind of just kind of took off from there. And a few, I would say a few months after doing that, I was approached by someone from the BBC asking if they could do an article on me in regards to mental health and being a book blogger. And I would definitely say being a blogger focuses you and kind of every all the madness, I mean, especially recently, all the madness going on in the world, it's yours to control and it's kind of you can lose yourself in so many amazing books. So I would say the main reason I started it was to save my mental health and it's kind of grown from there, really. I really feel that. Um, I feel very similarly with with mental health aspect. And I think there's something really beautiful about also being able to connect with people who are there for the same thing. You know, you're all there for books. It's, you know, it's not without its problems, but it's a very wholesome part of the internet. And for me, I felt like I was talking to people who really kind of understood me, which makes a huge difference. Really does. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. It's kind of like, I will admit, and you know, any listeners might be shocked at this but before I started working at Waterstones I didn't read that much I really was kind of like a seldom reader I wouldn't I wouldn't look at myself three and a half years ago now and think he he would be doing that now um whereas anyone who follows me now I hype up um a lot of you know debut authors um I do love big publications but I also love being able to kind of showcase more independent publishers and smaller debuts and things like that because a lot of amazing books do get lost yeah. in in that field of you know all the big names are bringing the book out it's that time of year and there's so many incredible reads that just get pushed to the side and I take it on myself to kind of dig those out and say you know, highlight them and say to people you know these are yep if that's your favorite author you know you do you but I don't want people to potentially miss out on a five-star read just because it's not being you know just because it's not either in the newspaper or it's not you know got prominence on Twitter and I've had a few authors kind of you know reach out to me and say thank you for everything that you've done and I never I never want thanks I'm, I'm just passionate about what I do. I love that and you know what it's also that thing of like if you like this big name author why don't you try this book because you're gonna love it and I love that you are promoting that I think that's fantastic yeah it's it's I had this conversation a few weeks ago I was, I was part of a panel and the conversation of TikTok arose and there was another fellow bookseller and she said TikTok's all very well and good but then you can use it as a gateway to kind of guide people to say well if you like this certain genre or you like this kind of thing in a book I can recommend many more to you that than you will just see on your feed and I myself I don't use TikTok because for me I think Instagram and Twitter are enough of a platform for what I do and what I showcase um and as you said the majority of bookstagram is brilliant but I think there are still like any social media there is a bit of um people just kind of following a trend just because they're being told to Mm -hmm. and I think that rings true with books as well because this is something you know that all of your listeners hopefully will you know not be too shocked at but basically one of my colleagues asked a customer the other week she was buying a very well known um Colleen Hoover book because obviously you know she's everywhere at the moment and he actually you know he was he he was really nice to her and he just said can I ask you have you seen this on TikTok and do you even know what it's about 
And, you know, she was, she's a lovely young girl. She's ever so nice to talk to. And she went, I'll be honest, I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't know what this book is about. I don't even know whether I'll enjoy it, but because it's come on TikTok, I feel like I have to buy it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of resonated with me in two ways of, that's the power of social media and bookstagram, which is good in a way, but she might not even like it. And she's just buying it because she feels like she has to. Yeah, I really, and I have a friend who has also messaged me and said, have you read this book? It was on TikTok. You know, I've seen this and I don't use TikTok. Um, I just can't wrap my head around it, if I'm honest with you. Same. <laughs> Same. I feel like it's not, my generation, our generation probably just missed the boat a little bit on TikTok. Like, <laughs> it's, The problem with TikTok is, is my, my colleague at work, because she runs the store TikTok account, she tells me it's so much hard work just to sync and do one video. Um, it's really not easy, an easy thing to do. And basically, you're always encouraged to use like, quote unquote, trending um, sound clips and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And I just think that's kind of missing the point of recommending books. You're just kind of hoping your trend, you're, you're in the myriad of goodness knows how many people who are using the same sound, you end up being on someone's reel. And I just think that would be so too much of a hit and miss scenario for me whereas I like to think yes not everyone follows me not everyone likes what I do but because I cultivate what I do in such a signature style I would like to think that anyone who did see my review I only positively review anyway would think oh well that book does actually sound good rather than just being said a 30 second video clip and then think oh I've got to read that now I do love the fact that you only positive review. Um, I try to be constructive in my reviews. If I ever have criticisms, I try to be more constructive and also weigh it with a with a positive. You know, how do you find that difficult? Have you had any books that you read and think I can't give this a positive review? What do you do in that situation? Oh, girl, I I've literally I've got a dumpster fire full of like ones that I literally would never touch with a barge pole again. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm so the problem you is. Said that. If, if, I, I will, I'll admit it. I mean, publishers know this. I mean, the biggest thing about me being a blogger is usually I, you know, nine times out of 10, if I message um, a publicist or an author or a publisher, they will send me the book, but I never promise them a review. I never promise them anything from the book. And I think after cultivating these relationships for over two and a half years, I think they trust my word on that um, because I'm not going to say, you know, what the books are, but I've the thing with publicists is they will obviously hype and big up their own books because of course they will because a it's their job and b they want to positively get them out there into people's hands um but I recently read a book which I absolutely adored um I thought it was fantastic apart from there was a few disjointed bits right at the end and I thought it could have been you know it could have done with being slightly longer I still gave it four stars and Anyone who follows me sees I only ever give four or five stars. And an an author actually messaged me, um, Susan Stokes Chapman, who wrote Pandora, who is just... Yep, yep. Yep, she's awesome. Um, She, you know, she said to me, what's the difference between a four and a five? And I said, a four, I enjoyed it. I liked it and I recommend it. A five, I was obsessed with. Yes. That's what it comes down to. A five for me is one that I would pick up again. I would read that again. A four, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Think it was great. Wouldn't necessarily read it for a second, third, fourth time. Whereas a five star, I would reread. I agree. And there's a big thing at the moment about like sort of starless reviews. I'm seeing a lot of people sort of saying that they're doing starless reviews and that that's what they're going to do. 
And I do find it hard sometimes to give a star because a three, like a three for me isn't a negative. If I give a three star, I'm kind of like, I liked it. I wasn't blown away. It's not, you know, my favorite, but I feel like a three is so low. I feel really guilty when I give a three. It's hard, isn't it? I wouldn't, yeah, the thing is, I wouldn't get, if you set yourself, you know, if you know in your head what you would justify as a three, I mean, I would say I agree with you. I think a lot of authors and publishers won't publicise a three-star review because yes. I would just think, you know, it, it's too it's too middle of, you know, it's too in the middle. Um, and I, I agree with that. I mean, as you said, if you liked it, but it didn't really stand out for you. Um, but I think because I, I think it's probably my arrant side of being a bookseller that I don't want to review anything that I would just be like, well, it was okay. I want to be able to see if a customer came into the store and said, would you read this book? I would either say yes or a no, rather than going, well, you might get on with it better than I do. You know, I do, I do yeah. say that about certain books, because <laughs> the, the, the biggest issue I have with being a bookseller is I can't go up to a customer who has, let's say, like, because I'll be honest, um, I tried to read the first Richard Osman. I did not enjoy it. Um, I didn't get on with it, but that's just me, um, because I as anyone who sees my feed, I don't really read cozy crime or anything like that. So if a customer says to me, you know, oh, is this a good book? I won't say, no, I didn't like it. I'll just say, you know, it sells really well. A lot of people have been giving it really good feedback. Um, but then I will literally tell them a bit of the synopsis of it. Then they can make an informed decision rather than me just saying, just because I didn't like it doesn't mean they won't. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on the subject of books and what we enjoy reading, you're here to chat with me about your novel evening. I'm intrigued. I'm excited because I have no idea what's coming. Some people I can guess with, some people I'm like, I don't know what this is going to be. So <laughs> I'm going to be your maitre d' for the evening. Where are we going? Tell me. So basically, I was briefed by my lovely hostess if it had to be, it could either be fictional or it could be real. And I I was quite torn, but I did actually go with fictional. Um, but it kind of plays into what where I would go anyway so non-fictional wise I would always choose a log cabin in the middle of a snowy forest obviously because you know oh fire roaring snow in literally penny sized drops coming outside your window like really really thick snow um but for anyone who's read or is going to read The Winter Garden by Alexandra Bell um I would go there so the main protagonist of The Winter Garden goes to this gorgeous glorious pleasure garden which is ethereal it's magical anything that your heart's desire can be found in this winter garden and it just sounds so magical and so beautiful and the way Alexandra creates the story and makes you think I could be there um I would go to the winter garden like without a doubt because I love I love anything um <clears throat> sorry that was my voice going um anything kind of to do with the Vauxhall pleasure gardens anything of that period I would be there so that would that's where we would be going oh gorgeous gorgeous what a vibe as well I haven't read it it's on my list I desperately want to read it I'm really torn. I keep seeing these books that come up I'm like I really want it but I need to read what I have so I will I might save it for the winter actually when next winter comes that's when I might save it and treat myself and feel like I can but this sounds this sounds like a vibe I'm excited so who are you gonna invite so let's go with so first of all um a lot of people might sigh at this and go oh no um but obviously we're all very hyped for uh season two of Bridgerton and obviously Bridgerton were books first they were yeah they were (laughs) so I'm being technically I'm correct here so I would have to invite just because of how he's portrayed on screen in Bridgerton Anthony Bridgerton would have to be there because 
basically, yes, he's a rogue. Yes, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a rake. You know, he plays around a bit, but I'm mean, just looking. Just keep him there. He didn't have to do anything. Just keep him there at the table so I can look at him. Um, because the gentleman I call, I feel awful. I can't remember the guy who plays him, but is it Jonathan I Bailey? Know, Jonathan Bailey, yes. So basically, That's... in real life, Jonathan Bailey is uh, like myself. Um, so I think I would have more of a shot with Jonathan Bailey than I would with Anthony Bridgerton, but I wouldn't put you it. You want him to Anthony dress like? Yeah, yeah. If he dresses yeah. like him, that's cool. He can come as himself, but he has to dress in Bridgerton garb. That's that's <laughs> a no-brainer. I mean, all men and ladies, to be honest, everybody looks better in Regency wear. Yes, absolutely. I mean, got a bit of smallpox. That's fine. Mark it over. You know, got to be a syphilis. Just you know, put a golden just nose on where you know. Stuff you on, yeah, right. you'll be grand. It's fine, yeah. I mean, hygiene wise, I mean, the issue is, I always say to people, it looked nice, but damn, it wouldn't have smelled nice. No one smelled nice back then. No, at all. no, and I always think that when you watch like period dramas or like Tudor dramas, or I think, God, like they were really sexy, but in real life, <laughs> you smell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I lo- I've, I've got no issues with with Anthony Bridgerton or Jonathan Bailey showing up. He's a beautiful man. That's so fine. that's absolutely fine. Um, oh, sorry, my daughter's just snuck into the oh, like that BBC interview. <laughs> it's literally like that BBC interview when the small child appears. Oh, no. She's <laughs> creeping up the stairs. Especially I'm here like, oh, Anthony Bridgerton, he's so fit. And she's like, what? <laughs> Who's hot? My no, small five-year-old's like, Mummy, what are you talking about? My God. Mummy, why, who's hot? No, ignore me, ignore me. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> so he's arrived in his region. So he's arrived, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I would have to say, now, this is a non-fictional person, and I worship okay. the ground this woman walks on. She's amazing. Um, Sarah Collins, who wrote The Confessions of Frank Langton. Um, Sarah is, again, I use this word a lot, she's ethereal, she's beautiful, and I know she's been busy writing the tv adaptation of oh wow um, oh my goodness. that's why that's why she hasn't bought another novel out i believe because she's actually been writing the script with the screenwriters to make sure that she's happy with it as well as they are so she's been literally hands-on i find her she's so interesting the book was incredible sarah has such a wonderful aura about her and she's so nice to talk to I mean I will meet her one day hopefully because she's so lovely um and I'm sure she would hold a really good conversation about whatever you throw at her because she just she's just brilliant I so she would be there she can be a regency as well we all have to be in regency gear that's fine I'm down with that I'm down with that and I think as well there's got to be some furs in a winter garden we'd have to be all sort of like with our muffs yes I beg your pardon but yes you'd have to be there with your muffs (laughs) I will arrive with my muff. Uh, I love and then this. Mother, then, then your daughter will come in and go, what's a muff? Nothing. <laughs> She's going to be at school tomorrow and be like, mum was saying how hot someone was and talking about her muff. And I'll be like, brilliant. Parents evening next week. Cool. Like, Yay. Parents evening. Excellent. So yes, that would be my first two. How many people can I have at this party? How, how many are we capping it at? Well, I mean, I haven't had to cap it for anybody yet. I mean, <laughs> anything goes. How many people do you want to okay. invite? That's fine. So I'm literally like looking at my bookshelves now thinking, who else would I invite? Um, I would invite Nick and Charlie from the Heartstuffer series because they are just like the sweetest couple. I mean, Alice Osman, who obviously writes Heartstopper, is just amazing. So she could come as well, but I would definitely want Nick and Charlie there because they are just, they're my fictional crush. Oh, like, well, both of them. Always, both of them, because if you, 
when you read the first Heartstopper up until the most recent, because four volumes have been released physically so far, mm -hmm. you see how much they care for each other and they go through so much with each other. And there's so many scenes where they're just kind of really cozy with each other, oh. either in the back of a car or they're in bed just talking. And I just think that's so nice. And it's just so, it's so heartwarming. And every time I see an, another teenager or I talk to a teenager in work buying a coffee, I rant and rave about it and just say to the parents, I really wish I'd had the Heartstopper series when I was growing up because that would have helped me in so many ways. So I think it's really nice to read a book about relationships that are just really tender. It's not like a big drama yes. filled, you know, no. breakups, fights. It's just really tender and really loving. And I think that is wonderful. And it'd be nice for her to come and meet her, uh, her characters in real life. Absolutely. I mean, I'm lucky enough I've met Alice. I met her a few years ago when I was working the Cheltenham Literature Festival and she's she's so lovely. And I did thank her for creating this, but, you know, she obviously hears it all the time, but she was so just very humble, very, um, very real, which I appreciate because, you know, some authors over the years, they will get a bit, um, they command respect maybe they don't deserve right. when they've been yeah. going for so many years. You know, they're kind of like, well, you know, I'm I wrote all these books and just like doesn't mean you're any good but you know fine um so I would definitely say those two and Alice my next guest would obviously but I've already mentioned her Susan Stokes Chapman because she's actually become quite a dear friend to me over the last few months so wow. she, yeah she's an author who's actually turned into like a really good friend um we've met a few times she's come into my store we've gone for lunch all that kind of stuff she's she's lovely she's ever so nice she's very kind she's very down to earth as a new author she was very scared about Pandora coming out and you know hoping it reached people's expectations and then Susan if you're listening to this you got number one in the Times best-selling chart I mean come on I have a copy of it it's on my shelf it's ready to be read it's bloody beautiful I have to say it's such a gorgeous book um, and I've heard nothing but good things I am so excited to read it and I it's actually I've given it to a friend as well as a, I haven't even read it yet and I bought it gave it to a friend as a present because I was like I <laughs> love this and she's like, it's so good. like no, it's so good. Love it. no. <laughs> well the cover artist um the cover artist Michaela she is just so talented so Michaela also works on the binding and the betrayals um I saw it had a similar vibe yes so Michaela has worked on quite a few different covers and again she's really nice she also has designed um she redesigned the jackets for the the bear and the nightingale trilogy um she did them for fairy loot and they've got sprayed edges and she so very kindly sent me all three of them as a thank you for what I do for her like for all the support I give her and I just think as you said earlier the book community is so full of wonderful people and Michaela is definitely one of them so she'd have to come as well so saying that it like, is can come as I well. hate you right now for owning those <laughs> I'm like mm, that's lovely bye <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I kind of I literally I was talking to her about something I emailed her about something ages ago and I said oh you know congratulations on the new covers for the um the Ben and Nightingale series and then they just turned up at my work one day and I was just like what are these and she was like well you know I think you deserve them and I'll never sell them because they're too beautiful um but I've only read the first one so far I have I've got the other two to read um but I read the first one and fell in love with it I loved it it's gorgeous but you do need to save it you need to save them for some cold winter nights that's when they're needed they are gorgeous 
gorgeous books yeah. is that it yeah. or have you got anyone else that you're going to invite um i would definitely say two more i was uh, okay let's go with three more three more definitely three more good that was, that's a nice would, number be, yeah this would be my like again they're all they're all real people so the first person would be stacy halls because i think she's incomparable and she's incredible um everything she writes is just amazing oh and God, I, so can't, I can't wait for what she does next she's just brilliant so stacy would be there um this is getting bigger now because i'm thinking of other people um Kieran Millwood Hargrave because she is a goddess yes. she is amazing um, I'm so excited for the dance tree um I mean guys you can't see this on camera right now but I'm about to put something in front of your face that you're going to probably like <gasps> I've literally just um, got my proof today oh amazing like... you got a proof as well yay <laughs> um so basically Kieran would be there she'd have to bring Tom her lovely husband but that's fine we can allow that um Laura Purcell who obviously yes. wrote The Silent Companions she's incredible and then to round it off with two more i mean i know i said that was enough but it's not um <laughs> it's it's not. um it would be elodie harper who wrote the wolf den um because i've read her new one the house of the golden door and it is just just as good as the first one and also jennifer saint who wrote ariadne and electra which comes out next month so that would be my everyone in everyone in regency gear everyone there for a good time i would be so thrilled to be part of this evening because you've literally named like my favorite <laughs> authors across the board so i would be very smug to just be like oh yes i'll just tend bar at your thing and be like oh my god now, the thing is though it's i did miss somebody out and i better mention her otherwise she might murder me um jesse burton because she's also incredible she has to be there um because i've read the house of fortune and it is just as good as the miniaturist and again the... i just my copy came today oh, and i did do a little squee when i opened it because i was like oh. did you get the green one with the barrel silhouette on the front yes yes um my one the thing is that i love my proof but it's very mine was the first run of proof so mine has the advantage of being signed but it's really kind of quite muted it's just like a muted green with a house on the front that's it so it's very oh. kind of minimalist. Um, but she did send me my favourite. Fa she signed it and she and they sent me copy number sixty nine. Well, I and mean... I said to Jesse, I was like, Do you know what, favourite number girl? And she was like, I'm saying nothing to that. And I was like, Right, okay, fine. Um, so Jesse would have to be there because the House of Fortune is incredible. So you need to get on that ASAP. Oh my goodness, I shall. I shout, I'm almost done with my current read. And I was going to read something else. And then this book break box turned up and I was like, well, that's gone out the window now. I'm just going to start reading these. That's, that's one thing I've known. I don't know what book break is because I see it on Twitter and I'm just like, I don't know. Because obviously a lot of people, I think they received the same yeah. ones that you did. Um, because obviously yeah. it's, they're both Picador. So Picador have gone, right, okay, let's get them out to bloggers, et cetera. But yeah. I think I'm not so privy to things like book break, probably because I use other avenues because I'm a bookseller. So I yes. don't know because I'm not I, I am a blogger. I still have to go through all the hoops like everyone else, but mm -hmm. I have other channels I may be able to use because I'm a bookseller as well. So that's probably why I'm not privy to what book break even is. I so book break, um, to be honest, I saw it through other means and basically just harassed the poor girl who runs it and was like, please let me be part of your club repeatedly <laughs> until she Lock. was like oh my god we should just let this girl be part of this because she's harassing me with constant emails and to be honest that's how i get most of my proofs is just harassing. heavy pestering <laughs> yeah <laughs> which you probably don't need because you're here getting number 69 signed and <laughs> oh no i still i literally i still i mean i have this isn't braggy but i do have a few publicist phone numbers in my whatsapp group um but i still have oh, to email not I'm... braggy i'm like <laughs> 
if I want if I want something, I still have to ask like everyone else. And anyone who's listening who may be new to book blogging, the number one rule is, for goodness sake, be polite. It takes oh my gosh, yes. Um, don't think you're going to get it. <laughs> don't, don't presume. If you don't get it, don't be salty. I mean, I I saw the proofs of the dance tree going out and I was like, oh my God, it looks great. Of course, with Kieran wrote it. But a lot of people are like, oh, I want a copy. I want a copy. And it's like, don't just say, I want a copy. Make a note of it. Maybe DM the publicist or send them an email and just, maybe say why you would want to copy yeah that's what i second other other than oh i'm their biggest fan girl if you're their biggest fan you would buy a copy regardless yeah so don't come don't go to publishers with that because that will not fly um so basically i saw a fellow blogger put up a photo saying oh you know i got the dance tree and i was like i'm really excited for it and then before i knew it a publicist who works on the campaign she dm'd me asking if i'd like a copy um But it doesn't always happen. I don't get everything that I always ask for. I mean, I get nine times out of ten, but just because I'm a bookseller doesn't mean they automatically send you anything. You still have to build relationships like everyone else. Yeah, and I think it's so true. If you're going to message, like with Ariadne, I sent quite a long email for that one. and was like, I am really into Greek mythology. Here's some books that I've reviewed and love. This sounds like, you know, in the same vein. The same with Elegy Harper's The Wolf Den. And yeah. when I, with Electra, I emailed said like, I did this review of Ariadne. I loved it. Like, I need to read this. I will buy it. But I would love to get like, you know, get to read it beforehand. And I think sure. your attitude is so important, isn't it? It's so important. It's, it's everything. And the thing that kind of opened my eyes even more was um, when I was lucky enough to work Cheltenham Festival last year, um, I didn't do it the year before due to COVID. And it was quite surreal because I literally was in the green room, which... Um, for anyone who isn't privy to it is where all the writers go before their events and I would walk in there and this is no word of a lie I had publicists like turning around and shouting oh my god it's Dan the man (laughs) and I was literally just like what and I would never I wouldn't I literally had publicists asking for my photo and I was just like what it's insane that's that's because it's taken me nearly three years to cultivate these relationships these friendships this yeah. this respect on both ends yeah. um it's a it's a long it's, it's a it's the longest game you'll ever play it's not one to be taken lightly and you I agree completely to, you have to bear in mind that not everyone's going to want an email from you and if you do send an email to a publicist who you haven't messaged before maybe put your address because they have so many emails they don't have time to reply to everyone exactly I love that. So speaking of respect, is there anybody who is not invited to your party? Um, Anyone, I mean, I'm standing with everyone for what's going on abroad at the moment. So anyone responsible for that can literally just go to the far recesses of space. Um, As far as I'm concerned, they don't get parties, they don't get get anything. Um, Also, sorry for anyone who's listening. The Prime Minister, I mean, he can just stay outside because I don't even think he knows how to read. Um, So I don't really (laughs) want him. I don't want him tainting my party. Thank you very much. Um, but apart from that, I think everyone is welcome. I mean, even fictional, I can just be like, if I'm not happy with them being there, I can tell them they're fictional. Then they'll have an existential crisis and they'll just disappear on the spot. So it's fine. Oh, you've, you've got some loopholes. You figured out some loopholes yeah, in this whole not inviting system. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, well, I yeah, have yeah, no yeah. issues with your evening whatsoever. I'd want to be there. I want to stay Amazing. there. I want to pour a bit at poor uh, Anthony Bridgerton, Lear from whatever corner of the room I'm in. 
same same. actually with all of them to be honest with you I would just want to fangirl to the absolute max you'd probably have to ask me to leave because it'd be deeply embarrassing I will be honest I do zoom with Elodie Harper and Jennifer Saint quite often um we have a three-way zoom we have we sit there with a glass of wine we all talk to each other and we all have a good catch-up um which feels quite surreal what is your personal <laughs> zoom number <laughs> <laughs> when will you it's, next it's, be doing this not for any particular reason <laughs> it's it's really it's really funny because basically we've got a group on instagram we all message each other and i called it two greek goddesses and a mere mortal and they both laughed at that they were just like why have you just called yourself a mere mortal i was like well you two are out there literally making these amazing books and I just want to talk to you both and they were just like oh okay fine um but yeah I for all intensive purposes I think I've made some really good friends as authors um I'm quite I'm I'm very lucky to be able to kind of you know I mean even on the subject of Kieran Millwood Hargrave if I ever need to have a conversation with her I just message her and she always messages me back she's one of the most politest kindest and big heart you know big heartest people I know so yeah absolutely I mean I'm not and I'm sick with jealousy Dan I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna <laughs> sit here and be like oh I'm so happy for you I'm like I hate you I don't I hate you, you are all so lovely which is really annoying I wish you'd come on here and I could have been like wow he was so up himself and I said you're really nice god damn it <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I literally, I, I always think that the only reason I, I am privy to what I am is because I'm just polite. I just like, I like being able to make friendships with authors. And the other day, um, I feel like I keep, I'm going to need, I'm going to break my back dropping all these names and then trying to pick them up. Um, but, um, the other day, Laura Shepard Robinson came into my store. I saw um, the photo. I saw the picture. So lovely. And we had a really good chat and she said, oh, well, I'm because she's from Bristol originally, and she was just like, Oh, well, I'm in Bristol quite a lot, so next time we're up, and I went, Yeah, we'll go for lunch. She's like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just, in Bristol in a couple of months, and I'm gonna find you, and you're gonna have a picture <laughs> and be like, Look, the woman, the myth, the legend. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, it really is. Because I didn't think <laughs> starting this would like, you know, I still, I mean, my mum, bless her, my mum, I saw a few weeks ago for the first time since lockdown happened because they live quite far away my mum and dad and I was telling her everything that I did and she was literally just like nearly crying she was just like you're out there making a name for yourself I'm so proud of you and I was like well I'm not really I'm, I'm nothing special and she was just like you are because you you just you just you're, you're just really passionate about what you do and people like that and I said well I think it's important to kind of stay humble being a book blogger because so many book bloggers are like oh you know I deserve this and I deserve that and it's like you don't deserve anything really it's just you work for what you get I beg to differ I think I deserve it but you know on a different <laughs> note <laughs> yeah yeah no, I yeah. genuinely feel like you're so right it's about what you put into it it's the attitudes you have and yeah. I mean this is the first time we've spoken but we've you know we've chatted back and forth a little bit through messaging yeah. and you've always yeah. been so warm and kind yeah you're just lovely and before I blow too much smoke up you uh <laughs> what are you currently reading tell me all about it because you dropped a little hint at the start so basically my current read it literally only turned up this morning but mm. I just finished um last night I, mean, I will just touch on what I literally just finished I read um Fanny by Rebecca um oh my goodness she's gonna kill me I can't remember her surname now um 
Oh, Rebecca F. John. I think that's her yes, surname. Yes, I've um, also seen it on Instagram, yeah, and that does sound like my bag. She's she's lovely. Rebecca, if you listen, I'm really sorry I forgot your surname there for a second. Um, she's. I think I've actually got it here, so I can literally double check the surname before I make an idiot of myself even further. Yes, I was correct, Rebecca F. John. So basically, it's only about a hundred pages long, so it's not too long. Um, I love a novella every now and again. Yeah. And I found it so beautiful yet equally damning yet equally harrowing and I finished it with a tear in my eye and I believe it is Waterstone's Scottish book of the month so in Scotland it is literally their book of the month if I'm getting that correct um it's beautiful and literally it's 8.99 it's worth your money go and buy it so the book that I'm currently reading is The Dance Tree by Kieran Millwood Hargrave Now, obviously, guys, you would have heard earlier, we like, you know, we touched upon this, but basically it is from the same author who she has wrote so many wonderful children's books. And also she has dabbled into teenage with Deathless Girls, which I, I also that. adored. I adored. I've got a signed sprayed edge hardback on my shelf and I'll never let that go because it's beautiful. And so, and then she obviously wrote The Mercies a few years ago and I... That's when I really fell in love with Kieran because I'd heard of her work before, but I haven't read anything from her. So when I read The Mercies, I found it so beguiling, so enchanting. Yet again, I love a good dark story. And The Mercies is obviously, it's very dark. It's, you know, the subject matter is very dark. Um, And I'm two chapters into The Dance Tree and already the way she writes, the way she crafts the story. I mean, I think her and Tom, because obviously her husband, Tom, he does a lot of our... um, these amazing artists yeah between them they just their their capacity to create such passion either onto canvas or onto paper is nothing like I've ever seen or read before and I think Kieran has the biggest heart of any human being I've ever known and her writing just flows so easily you don't get any kind of jumpy bits or oh that was a bit or oh that was a bit she just brings you in and she will not let you go until you finished it well that's it I'm gonna I'm gonna read that next you've just <laughs> you've done it now you really have I completely agree with you and I hope you love it right up to the very last page me too me too and what about you what are you reading at the moment well am I, I'm just finishing the shadow girls by I want to say Carol Birch that's gonna be embarrassing if that's wrong. maybe <laughs> it's uh maybe it's really it's really eerie and very strange it's not quite what I expected it's going to be a really tough one to review I think because I'm really enjoying it but I'm also really unsettled by it it's really strange and very odd Hmm. and I think I'm going to read the dance tree but (laughs) I wonder why I I can't imagine why I wonder how that's happened I uh, yeah I'm again I've got so many amazing reads and there's so much coming out very soon that I want to read right now so it's a good time for uh, for books there's a lot of good there's a lot of good books come out because um I believe Waterstones now has in the limited edition of the Clockwork Girl by Anna Mazzola which it's I'm trying really hard not to buy books, Dan, so, and I keep seeing I know, that I one, know. and I need the it. The sprayed edges, sprayed edges, the sprayed edges are incredible. Um, I literally reviewed it a while ago, and Anna is such a diamond, and the clockwork girl for me. Again, the cover designer, Michaela. So again, Michaela is also responsible for that, of course. Um, 
If I ever write a novel, she's going to make the cover of my book. (laughs) Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I want her to, she doesn't know this yet, but I want her to design a graphic for me um, because I've had the same photo for like three years. Um, So I want a graphic and I know for a fact that she'll do a stunning job. So yeah, I do need to message her about that. So yes, there are loads of amazing books coming out, but your pile just keeps getting bigger and bigger, but that's the best thing about reading. It's fine. It is. And I, my sentence, I say to my husband, is like, you can never own too many books. And I'm going to test that sentence to its very limit. Until it explodes. <laughs> there's Until just it me in my house with books and nobody else because there's no more room. <laughs> that's fine. That works fine. That's all right. That's how it should be. Exactly. Well, thank you so, so much for taking time out and uh, coming to chat with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, likewise, thank you so much for even asking me or considering me to be on here. It's, it's been a complete joy. Thank you very much. Loved it. Thank you so, so much. Have a lovely evening. You too. Thank you very much. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 